just about sums up perfectly what life in quarantine has looked a lot like to all of us that are stuck at home. Because here's the thing, you get so bored and so much has been taken out of your schedule that I think just honestly the weirdness starts to percolate and come out in us. It just it just does. Because our, our brains get turned off, it's hard to focus, and you're just struggling to try to figure out how to navigate this new normal. So as we dive into this new series today, Quarantined, how do we figure out what this new normal looks like and what do we do? with what we've been given. The challenge here today that we're going to start looking into is really simple, but honestly, it can be life-changing if you really lean into this concept, because here's where we're at. I believe we're at a great pause in our lives. I believe, again, that all of the distractions from life have been taken away, and it's forcing us to consider what is really important. And I think we've got quite a crossroads in front of each of us as the new normal sets in, as our old schedules start to get back and and become reality. We're going to have an opportunity to figure out what it is that we want to replace what's been taken away uh, with. Are we going to replace it with what was there before, or are we going to realize a lot of the stuff that we've been living with, a lot of the distractions that have have sidelined us, really just need to go. And so I just encourage you to consider this opportunity that is in front of us as we dive into this series, because we really do have an opportunity to hit a reset button. And when life gets back to normal, we have an opportunity to be intentional about what we bring back into our lives and make sure that we're keeping the main thing the main thing, that we're centering our lives and all of our energy and our effort around things that truly do matter. And so keeping that in mind, I'd like you just to consider this passage of scripture. In James 4, this, this scripture was read earlier leading up to this point where we're about to dive in. It's the mentality that, man, God is gracious. And while he opposes the proud, He gives grace to the humble. And so the challenge in James is resist the devil. He will flee from you. And in this time of of pause, in this time of quarantine, you guys, we don't have to be isolated from our relationship with God. We have an unbelievable opportunity to draw close to him. And when we talk about this idea of relational isolation, there's no better opportunity than right now than to hit the reset button and draw close to Jesus. I love what it says in James 4.8. Continuing this thought, James writes, come close to God and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let there be tears for what you have done. Let there be sorrow and deep grief. Let there be sadness instead of laughter and gloom instead of joy. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up in honor. It's very interesting to me that 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 is the description of what drawing close to Jesus looks like. Because I would contend a lot of times when you think about our, our pace of life and what everything looked like before we hit pause on everything and all went into quarantine, I think what we realize is, man, we had a lot of distractions in our life that were taking our focus off of our relationship with Jesus. Those have all been taken away. We have nothing but time right now to really think about what is truly important and to invest our time and energy into this relationship with Jesus that matters more than anything else. We've also got this realization that it might have been we were distracted, but it might just be that there's some things in our lives that we've allowed to build roots 
that just simply shouldn't be there. And we can't walk in pride. We can't act like the path that we've been walking down didn't have consequences. We have to have those moments of honesty and have those moments of repentance. Those moments are difficult. Nobody likes to really talk about that. You know, you're wrong. Nobody likes to hear that. But the reality is, if you've been harboring attitudes and and actions uh, in your life that are opposite of what Jesus wants you to be and who he's wanting you to become, these are unbelievable opportunities to, to repent to turn away from these, these lifestyles and these behaviors in your life that you were holding on to that were keeping you isolated from your relationship with God. And so I would just encourage you as we unpack uh, this story of Jonah today, we're talking about Jonah, one of my favorite people in the Bible. We're going to unpack some, some ideas that are really going to help us figure out how we draw close to Jesus. And I would encourage you to think about what distractions had you allowed in your life before we had to hit this pause that you don't want to bring back. I would encourage you to consider what are some things in your life that you need to really truly take a hard look at and, and get rid of because you realize these are isolating you from Jesus. This is your most important relationship. Don't allow yourself to be isolated from God himself. This is the God who loves you so much, there's nothing you can do about it. This is the God who loves you and refuses to leave you that way. You guys, he wants you to become more like him. And that happens when we allow our relationship with Jesus to blossom and to grow. And that's what we're going to focus on. Uh, in the upcoming moments here. Now, we're, we're doing that by focusing on the prophet Jonah. And here's the thing. Jonah, for all intents and purposes, is the worst, all right? He is just a terrible prophet. You know, you, you write people in school on A, B, C, D, or F, you know, Jonah is at best a C-level prophet. You know what I'm saying? Maybe below C-level. Do you get what I'm saying? I mean, that is my joke. Let's laugh at that. That's funny. He's a below C-level prophet because he was in the belly of a whale under the sea. Okay, I'm not going to explain that anymore. Uh, the thing is, Jonah did everything wrong. It's a book in the Bible that is four chapters that begins kind of in a strange place and ends in a strange place. It, it's, it's so weird, honestly, that there's a, a lot of talk about, why is this even here? <laughs> How did this story of Jonah make it in the Bible? But the truth is, there's a lot that we can learn from the life of Jonah. And it's not really all positive. The honest truth is we learn from Jonah's mistakes. What's funny about the book of Jonah is it's, it's really not about Jonah at all. When you think about what the main title of the book of Jonah is or what the main uh, theme of Jonah is, it's really about God's grace. I mean, despite all of Jonah's inadequacies, despite just how much of a failure he really was as a prophet, God used Jonah. God used Jonah to do some amazing things throughout this story. And what's amazing is that no matter how far you've fallen or, or where you find yourself, I want to encourage you with the reality today that God can use you. But don't let yourself fall, right? Don't let yourself hit rock bottom like Jonah did before you allow God to use you. Let's wake up. Let's, let's take this opportunity that God has given us in this great pause in this time of quarantine and draw close to Jesus. Let's not allow ourselves to be isolated from God the way Jonah allowed himself to be isolated from God. So here's what we're doing. We're, we're taking lessons from Jonah today, all right? These lessons are very clear. These lessons are five ways on how you can isolate yourself from God, all right? This is what we learn from Jonah. If you want to isolate your relationship with Jesus, you follow these five principles that we see in the life of Jonah, all right? Are you ready? Lean in now. This is good stuff. Uh, principle number one, if you want to isolate yourself from God, run away. <laughs> That's what we see Jonah did. He ran away from God. If you want to isolate yourself from God, listen to his voice, figure out what it is that he's calling you to do, who he's calling you to be, and run in the opposite direction. That is a surefire way to isolate yourself from your relationship with God. Let's read the first few verses of the book of Jonah here. because This is fantastic. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up, 
and go to the great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. And make no mistake, the people of Nineveh were awful. They were terrible. They treated uh, the, the Israelites terribly. They tortured them. They were murderers. They were vile people of, of the most violent ways you could ever imagine. So Jonah did not like the Ninevites. And that's the backstory here. He really had a hard time with any type of forgiveness toward the people of Nineveh because of all the pain that they had caused his people. So that helps you understand Jonah's background. But it says Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing off to Tarshish. It was Jonah's plan. It was his strategy to just go the opposite direction. God's calling him to go this way. Jonah's saying, I'm going that way. I want nothing to do with what God is calling me to be. And here's the thing. If you want to isolate yourself from God, if you want to have total isolation from Jesus, then do the same thing Jonah did. Run the opposite direction from where he's calling you. Don't even agree a little bit to be who he wants you to be. When you hear his voice, when he speaks to you, <laughs> ignore it. Run away. It's the perfect way to isolate yourself from God. A great principle that we learned from the life of Jonah. Well, here's something else. It gets better, all right? If you want to keep isolating yourself from God and make it worse, here's principle number two. Jonah refused to change, all right? He wanted nothing to do with any type of change. And this means that he wasn't willing to surrender. He wasn't willing to get rid of his own selfish desires and, and give in to what it was that God was calling him to be. Because the Christian life is all about transformation. It's all about becoming like Jesus. And the way that we become like Jesus is by having a relationship with Jesus, by having a relationship that is growing, that is intentional and thriving and alive. So if you want to be isolated from God, run away, but then refuse to change. Check out how deep this gets with Jonah. It says, but the Lord hurled, I'm sorry. It says, yes, the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. It says, fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? He shouted, get up and pray to your God. Maybe he will pay attention to us and spare our lives. I mean, this is an extraordinary moment, right? The ship is in the middle of just a terrible storm. When the captain of the ship and all of the sailors that are on you know, this ship all the time year round are panicking, they're afraid this boat is going down. It's time to get scared, right? If you've ever been in a boat that's just in the water bouncing around, you know this is a terrifying experience, right? If nothing else, you're going to get sick. It's terrible. You don't want to be a part of it. But Jonah, man, he's sound asleep. He, he doesn't have a care in the world. He's running as far as he can, and he's just sound asleep because he's trying to make the best of the situation. I mean, he is completely cool with where he's at right now. But all of that, you guys, is about to change. So here's what happens. It says, then the, crew and, uh, then the crew cast lots to see which of them had offended the gods and caused a terrible storm. When they did this, the lots identified Jonah as the culprit. Why has this awful storm come down on us, they demanded. Who are you? What is your line of work? What country are you from? What is your nationality? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified when they heard this. For he had already told them he was running away from the Lord. Why did you do it? They groaned. 
And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what should we do to you to stop this storm? This is an amazing interaction. They are all saying this storm is because of you, Jonah. You're running from God. Why are you doing this? What should we do to you? I mean, they're, they're doling out consequences to Jonah right here in real time. Jonah's response is amazing. He says, throw me into the sea and it will become calm again. I know that this terrible storm is all my fault. When we talk about this principle of refusing to change, can we just stop and circle this moment? Because literally Jonah says right here in this moment, I would rather die than change. I would rather die holding on to what it is that I want to be doing than to surrender to who God is and who he's calling me to be. Consider the depth of that selfishness and the, the depth of that pride. And remember, God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. He's not denying any of these consequences are his fault. In fact, he admits, it's my fault. I'm running. I'm the problem. And yet, I'd rather die than change. I'd rather lose everything than, than give in to who it is that God's calling me to be and, and do what he's calling me to do. If you want to isolate yourself from God, well, First, it starts with this whole idea of just run away. Secondly, it's, it's refused to change. That's what we see most clearly from this life of Jonah, from this story. Well, the third principle is this. Jonah, if you want to isolate yourself from God, he had inconsistent commitment, all right? Now, that's a tough one today because in our culture today especially, I mean, even this idea of, of church attendance has gotten kind of sketchy in North America. I mean, before the pandemic broke out, the average person was attending church about once out of every 3.5 Sundays, which when you really consider that, man, that can be devastating to your family. When you're trying to build, you know, a discipline and a pattern of behavior for your kids and for your family, for your own personal growth, there's a level of consistency that you need to have in just gathering with other believers and, and drawing close to Jesus and, and leaning into who he is and what he's speaking into your life. There's the disciplines of getting into your word every day and having this practice daily of talking with God, spending time with him in prayer. Commitment is a big deal. I mean, these are all the staples of having a solid and really strong and vibrant growing relationship with God. So when you talk about this idea of isolating yourself and your relationship with God, man, that inconsistent commitment is going to make a difference. Here's what we see in the life of Jonah. It says, Then the sailors picked Jonah up and threw him into the raging sea, and the storm stopped at once. The sailors were awestruck by the Lord's great power, and they offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him. Isn't that extraordinary? Somehow, in the middle of all this nonsense, God used Jonah to save all of these sailors and the captain of the ship. That is an extraordinary moment that is captured in the story that I think we overlook a lot of times. God still used Jonah. I mean, it really is amazing. God's grace abounds. It's an extraordinary thing. God opposes the proud, but wow, he gives grace to the humble. God used Jonah. These people vowed to serve God. Now the Lord had arranged for a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish for three days and three nights. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside the fish. Here's, what's, here's what I struggle with in this story and just in life in general. Jonah was running away from God. He was doing his best to get away from what God was trying to call him to do, who God was calling him to be. He refused to change. I mean, he literally said, I would rather die than do what God has called me to do. But it took hitting rock bottom for Jonah to finally cry out to God and ask for his grace and ask for his mercy to truly repent. 
It took rock bottom. And for Jonah, rock bottom is inside the belly of a fish for three days. I mean, consider that. It's an extraordinary place. I mean, when you talk about hitting a low point in your life, it's being inside a fish for three days. I mean, that's rock bottom. It doesn't get much worse than that circumstance. And yet that's where Jonah had to find himself before finally God got his attention and Jonah finally turned to God and said, all right, God, I need you. Forgive me. I'm ready to do what you want me to do. I would just contend with you today, how far down do you have to go before you reach out to Jesus and recognize the relationship that he longs to have you have with you for what it is. Don't let yourself hit rock bottom. I, I deal with people all the time who are struggling. They're not quite ready to give in. They're running. They refuse to change. They have inconsistent commitment. They wonder where God is and why he's not speaking to them. Well, it's because you're not spending time drawing close to him. You're isolating your relationship with God. And I always hate how far people sometimes have to fall before they're able and willing to turn to Jesus. I just got to challenge you today. If you're realizing that you've isolated your relationship with God, don't wait till you've hit rock bottom. Man, draw close to God, and he will draw close to you. His grace abounds. He opposes the proud. Stop trying to do this on your own. He gives grace to the humble. So draw close to him. He will draw close to you. I mean, this is his moment. He's hit rock bottom, but he finally does cry out to God, and God uses him. It says the fish spits him out on the beach. He goes into Nineveh, and he still kind of has this chip on his shoulder. I mean, despite all that he's experienced, despite his obedience, even though it's kind of reluctant at best, he still goes to Nineveh, and the way that he sends God's message is, honestly, he's given about as little effort as possible, even after everything he's experienced, because basically it says in Jonah that when he goes into Nineveh, his message to all the people is, hey, in 40 more days, you guys are going to be destroyed. He doesn't really give any more details than that. He just starts yelling, hey, 40 more days, you guys are going to be destroyed. And you have to admit, he probably has a smile on his face because he hates these guys. He's hoping that they will be destroyed. I mean, he's hoping, if nothing else, that he'll get to watch the place burn because he can't stand these people. Which leads to the next uh, principle that we learned from the life of Jonah. If you want to isolate yourself from God, if you want your relationship to be isolated Forget your mission, right? Don't be interested in connecting people with God. Because Jonah had no interest at this point in having these people turn to Jesus. He was, he was completely uninterested and, un, and disengaged from the mission that God had given him. He didn't even want it to happen. He was very content to see them be destroyed because he, he didn't love them with the love that God has for him. Remember, the key theme of Jonah is that, man, God is gracious. He's going to do everything he can to reach out and let you know that you are loved. God loves you and there is nothing that you can do about it. These Ninevites, they were terrible, terrible people. And God in his grace was doing everything he could to reach out to them and get their attention. Even using this sea level prophet of Jonah. So Jonah's walking through the streets of Nineveh saying, hey, 40 more days, you guys are going to be destroyed. You got to admit, he's probably a little bit gleeful about this. And here's what happens. They repented. <laughs> they actually turned to Jesus, stopped what they were doing and repented. They, they tried to make themselves right before God. And God relented. 
he showed them grace. He gave them mercy. And Jonah despised this opportunity that they had received. He did not like what was happening. He didn't agree with the decision that God had made. And so here's what happens in Jonah 4. It says this change of plans greatly upset Jonah. He became very angry. So he complained to the Lord about it. Didn't I say before I left home that you would do this, Lord? That is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are merciful and compassionate, slow to get angry and filled with unfailing love. You are eager to turn back from destroying people. Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen. The Lord replied, is it right for you to be angry about this? Short answer, no, it was not right. I mean, consider all the things that he's complaining about. I knew you were gracious. I knew you were merciful. I knew you had unfailing love. I mean, these are all the things that Jonah is declaring about God that are true. And he can't stand it. He's so full of himself. He's been running. He's been refusing to change. His commitment has been inconsistent. He is not on mission. He does not care at all about connecting these people with God. This is how you isolate yourself from God. Jonah's completely missing out on the blessings of what God is doing. He's missing out on the purpose that God has for him. He's trying to do it on his own, and he just will not humble himself. He's too filled with pride. He's too filled with arrogance. And it leads nowhere. You guys, when you you isolate yourselves from God, you miss out on living into the purpose and the plan that God has for you. You're not able to live life to the fullest. You can't allow yourself to settle for that because you're missing out. You're missing out on that treasure that God has for you. Here's what happens. <laughs> Jonah lacked maturity. This is the last, the last principle that we learned from him. He lacked maturity. He got sidetracked. He got distracted by things that just didn't matter, and they consumed him. Consider this. After he gives this message, after he has this interaction with God, he goes up on the hill uh, to see if God might just yet change his mind and just smite these people. He's hoping for fire from heaven. He wants, you know, to have the firsthand view, the eyewitness account. He's wanting to get his popcorn ready and watch it all happen. He's just hoping beyond hope that these people will be destroyed. And here's how the story of Jonah ends. It says, Jonah went out to the east side of the city, made a shelter to sit under as he waited to see what would happen to the city. And the Lord God arranged for a leafy plant to grow where... where Uh, there, and soon it spread its broad leaves over Jonah's head, shading him from the sun. This eased his discomfort, and Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But God also arranged for a worm. The next morning at dawn, the worm ate through the stem of the plant so that it withered away, and as the sun grew hot, God arranged for a scorching east wind to blow on Jonah. The sun beat down on his head until he grew faint, and he wished to die. Death is certainly better than living like this, he exclaimed. Then God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry because the plant died? These are interesting questions and interactions that God has with Jonah. Yes, Jonah retorted, even angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, and this is the key point now, you feel sorry about the plant, though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness, not to mention all the animals. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? That, my friends, is how the book of Jonah ends. There's no addendum. There's no conclusion. It ends with that question. Shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city? Shouldn't I have compassion for these people who are lost and broken? See, that's the heart of God. He longs to have a relationship with each and every one of us. It doesn't matter what your past looks like. It doesn't matter what your history is. God is compassionate. He is full of unfailing love. And he longs to have a relationship with you. I want to challenge you today. Make sure you're not isolating yourself from God. 
you have an opportunity right now. All the distractions of life have been pulled away. We're experiencing the great pause. It's life in quarantine. What are you going to do with this? There's been a lot that's been taken out of your schedule. What are you going to be intentional about putting back in when everything returns back to normal? I challenge you today. I encourage you. Make sure you are drawing close to God. Make sure you're not isolating yourself from your relationship with Him. This is a gift. This is a moment in our lives I think we'll all be able to look back on and realize we had an opportunity to draw closer to God than we ever had before. Let's make sure we're making the most of this opportunity. I want to close with this passage from James 4 again. James writes, Do you think the scriptures have no meaning? They say that God is passionate, that the spirit he has placed within us should be faithful to him. And he gives grace generously. As the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and God will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. Let's take this chance to refocus. Let's focus on who Jesus is, the love that he has for us, and what it is that he's wanting to accomplish in us and through us. What is God calling you to do? Who is God calling you to be? Are you intentionally developing and growing your relationship with him? Because at the end of the day, these are the questions that matter the most. Make sure you're intentional. Make sure you stay focused. And together, let's humble ourselves. Let's draw close to Jesus. Jesus, we are so thankful today for the relationship that you offer each and every one of us, the relationship that we have done nothing to earn, that we've done nothing to deserve, but a relationship, God, that you offer us because of your great and unfailing love for us. God, I just ask that you would help us all to focus on you, to take advantage of this time that we have in quarantine, during this great pause where everything has been stripped away. God, help us to take advantage of this opportunity to draw close to you, and to be intentional about what it is we put back into our schedule. Make sure we're keeping the main thing, the main thing, God, that we are drawing closer to you than we ever have before. Jesus, we thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We pray this in your name today. Amen.